What's up, everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by All I Need. Uh, let me just tell you a couple things we got coming up. I will be hosting a All I Need Shred Clinic at the Edge Indoor Skate Park, August 14th through the 18th. Uh, it will be 9 a.m. to noon. I will be the instructor, and we always have a blast. We start with the fundamentals, and we work our way up from there. Usually tons of skating. The park's 30,000 square feet, so we have every single type of ramp to skate. So we work our way around the park, and uh, we play games like dodgeball. We also do mini contests, and we film a full edit of the week, which I'll put out afterwards. It's always awesome. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's $250, which includes all-day passes. So 250 gets you 9 to noon, Monday through Friday. And you'll have the rest of the day too to skate the park if you want to stay longer afterwards. So you basically have the park uh, for a week straight, all day long. Um, space is limited, so sign up now. If you want to sign up, uh, feel free to call the Edge Indoor Skate Park. You can, you can get all their contact information at theedgeindoorskatepark.com. Going to be epic. Uh, also, just released um, another video. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. YouTube.com forward slash all I need skate. Uh, multiple videos going up weekly. We're steady on this. This has been super fun. You can meet our whole skate team. You can see all the cities around us, all the spots, and all the antics we get into. It's not just skating in each video. Um, the new video is Roll for Rob Lynch Family Skate Park, Boston 2017. Me and the crew went there to help raise money for Rob Ponce, who is a sales rep. Uh, for a lot of skate brands in New England, and he has helped grow the skate scene quite a bit. And he came down with ALS, and all the skateboarders have come together and created Roll for Rob and have been raising money to help him and his family battle ALS. It's, it was a great day. The, the edit is fucking sick. Everybody who came and threw down, man, Ray with that big three all over the volcano was insane. Uh, yeah, just check out that edit. You'll see it on our website or YouTube. Uh, we also just released our new All I Need Pufferfish tea. This thing came out crispy. Uh, we did a small run. When they're gone, they're gone. I believe we're already sold out of smalls. Don't quote me on that. You should check the site. But I think we sold out of smalls already. Um, yeah, you can check everything out at allineedskate.com. And like I said, if you're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash allineedskate for fucking epic skate videos weekly. Thank you guys for everything. The show is uh, special. It means a lot to me, and I'm really hyped to be a part of this with you. Uh, our guest today is my buddy, Mike Gerard. He's a sales rep, and he also created Central Mass Skate Jam. He's been doing it for eight years now. You'll hear all about it. Mike is a fucking solid human, and I'm hyped to call him my friend. Enjoy. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder 
podcaster, and All I Need State founder, Anthony Schettler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And we're rolling. <laughs> good. Right. Yeah, things are good, Mike. Just uh, get my day going. I know it's 11. It's a little late today, but I got a lot to do. Had some coffee in me. Smoked a little nice. marijuana. Um, yeah. Got Checking it. off all the boxes. Yeah, just kind of. It's my day off, sort of. I don't really have a day off, but um, this is closest to a day off as I get, so I try to enjoy it. What about you? What are you up to? How's your morning? It's been good. I got up real early. Um, just had to get an early crack on stuff. My girlfriend was going back to Boston. I was going to actually I had to deliver a bunch of Central Mass stuff from my apartment to my parents' place, like an hour down the road. Um, this is like, I'm in actually in our backyard in the, the race and mini ramp. All the, all the main event stuff is like within a mile from here. So this is kind of the event headquarters. So I was going to go back into the city, but uh, the police chief needs to meet with me at 5 p.m. So I just put her on a train back in the city, and i got to stay in town so I can meet with the cops for the event. All right. Well, for the people just tuning in that might not have heard our last podcast, what is Central Mass, and how many years, and how did it come to be? Give them a brief uh, introduction to the contest. For sure. So it's called Central Mass Skate Festival. It's a three-day skate festival of all disciplines basically um so i try to be all inclusive in terms of skate style um age ability level gender all that stuff so we've got uh, a street course and mini ramp jam on the first day um, a downhill race and open mini ramp skate and street course on the second day and then a slide jam big air contest uh, and kind of downhill skate park on the third day um so it caters to a, a broad group. I try to keep things kind of affordable across across um, all categories, so that a lot of people can come out. Whether it's their first event or they're already, you know, a sponsored skater who's just trying to step it up and, and win some prize money or get some some gear. So um, it's eight years deep. Uh, this this summer, uh, the event starts next weekend, and that'll be the eighth annual event, which is pretty wild going on a decade now um yeah that's crazy yeah and i started it because i was making youtube videos back in the day just when i was you know bombing hills kind of dicking around just our buddies you know filming each other making making some videos and um i kind of you know i i took a liking to creating media and putting it out there trying to grow a following um and make youtube you know make a youtube channel and all that so 
people started to, you know, get some traction on the videos and they were asking where these hills were and, you know, if they could come skate. So, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I was running my own landscaping company during summers while I was at school. Um, so I couldn't really just like hang out and skate with randos. <laughs> so <laughs> instead I just decided to, um, try to you know, like host an event and make it official, you know, do whatever I needed to do to make it legit and get permits and insurance, um, ambulance, all that stuff so that the town would approve of it rather than kind of show up, blow up and then never get asked back. And um, sorry to, sorry to stop you, but as far as location goes, how, yeah. I don't remember how you said you picked it. So the, the, the event started with just a race and uh, my very first job was at this, um, the, the Harbor General store, which is really our only store in town. That's right. It's a little town, 6,000 people, pretty rural, apple orchards, horse farms, that kind of thing, like an hour outside of Boston. Um, and this store, which has been around since I think 1899 or something like that, um, I would walk up my hill here and then bomb down um, this road to get to work. It was like a, a nice, you know, mile long bomb, kind of mellow, turny, some fast sections, and then um, you know, clock into work and then skate back home at the end of the day. Um, so that was the, the hill I had the most experience. You know, we would kind of bomb hills around town, but that was the one that I really liked and, and was familiar with. So I decided that that would be the natural choice for the race course. Um, so that was it. Yeah. It was really my, my work commute. <laughs> That's nice. It sounds like a fun one, dude. Yeah, it's a fun one. So that was kind of the, the genesis of it. And then, um, over the years, you know, I wanted to, I kept the same race hill, but I wanted to expand the scope of it. The first event was only like 45 people, but it was successful and people seemed really stoked to come out and you know, there, there wasn't really anything like it in the area. So I kept growing it. And then, um, after a few years expanded it out, added a second hill for the slide jam, which is like a style contest meets downhill ramp jam. And then, um, the year after that added a third day for the mini ramp jam street course, because I mean, that's the biggest side of skateboarding. It's one that most of the people at our event also, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the, um, you know, I, I would say the most important, but also like most, um, locally there, there are so many skate shops with awesome teams and awesome riders and, Oh, you're saying uh, street skateboarding. Yeah, for street. Yeah, exactly. Cause like for years, you know, we were kind of catering just to the niche side of the, the longboard stuff. Cause that's what we have in town. You know, we don't have a skate park. We have hills. Yeah. Um, but I realized, you know, um, I love skateboarding in all, all forms. And even if we don't have a skate park, if we have enough interest and enough um, backing, you know, we can create a skate park in town and, and basically create it, even if it's just for a weekend, you know, get, get all these, you know, street skaters, transition skaters, um, and people who skate a bit of everything all in one place. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I started renting out the, uh, the mini ramp and then, uh, built out, you know, our street course, a handful of different, um, ramps, rails, grind boxes, stuff like that. Um, so that got added, I think three years ago. Um, and it's been, that's been successful as well. And that side of it's been growing. Um, so yeah, it's, I think at this point it's kind of reached an ideal format where you, we've got truly a bit of everything, you know, there's no vert ramp, but there's, uh, there, and there's, you know, the, the street course is, is still, it's limited to what we can fit in a parking lot and what I can fit in a storage unit. Yeah. But, uh, I think I'm pretty happy 
for this you know little town and humble beginnings for what it's what it's grown into and what we can offer to uh, really any any type of skater. Yeah, the the last one last year I went to and I showed up and I was like impressed with the diversity amount of people, and I was impressed that you set up like kind of like a little tent village where you had a bunch of people setting up and you had yep. all different obstacles it was a two-day event i was like this guy's been at it man and uh i couldn't agree with you more about street skating i think that's the most attainable one you know because you don't need the hill all you really need to street right. skate is like a skateboard and flat ground and wherever you can go skate around you know like right. i think that's why a lot of people do that you know like especially transition then you need to be able to get to a skate park or right you know, right. and like you said, some towns don't even have that yet. So it's sick for you to take do this undertaking on your commute, basically, to make a skate event and just kind of grow it. And you started with forty five. Where are we at now? Eight years later. Um, last year we had just under four hundred people compete. Nice, um, nice. So yeah, and it's hard to say this year just because a lot of people register late or register in person. Um, we've got almost two hundred people signed up. So nice. hopefully that you know a lot of people kind of get theirs in. There are a lot of people who I know are coming who just haven't signed up. And yeah. um, generally, the street course and mini ramp, that has the fewest pre-registrations because a lot of those guys, you know, you get the word out. Um, I send the, the flyers out to all the shops and talk to the shops that I deal with as a rep and just kind of hype it that way. But pretty much, I don't know till uh, till the event who's going to show up. Yeah. But yeah, and it should be pretty substantial. We've got some expansion, some added stuff to the street to the street course as well as um a new mini ramp yeah um two things one was 200 people already signed up that's fucking sick so you know it's gonna be fun you know what i mean like yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun <laughs> we've got really good sponsor backing we've got some new sponsors as well as ones that have stayed on board so we'll have that same kind of tent village where you know people can demo product they'll get free swag giveaways all those brands are contributing products to the um to the podiums, to the staff, you know, we have like 30 people working the event that I, I help compensate with the sponsor product. Um, and then also we do a, a raffle that benefits the ambulance squad, which is a volunteer crew. And uh, we're going to add a roll for Rob uh, component to that as well to help raise some funds for Rob Pontes. Dude, so sick. I just got back um, from roll for Rob at uh, Lynch Family Skate Park, man. Yeah, man. Woo, that was intense. It was a lot of people, and same thing, man. Everyone's there to shred. I filmed the whole edit. It's up on our YouTube channel, and uh, oh, nice. yeah, it was just a lot of energy, and it's so sick that everyone came together. What I kept thinking about was like, it's so cool that like when shit gets real. For those that li that haven't listened to Rob's episode, Rob was diagnosed with ALS and has been struggling with it, and um, to the point where he's in a wheelchair and his family. Um, definitely could use financial help. So skateboarders come together and they formed Roll for Rob to help raise funds to right. help help him and his family. And it's so cool that like in 2017, skateboarding has grown to the point where like we we can help each other as a community. Like right. skateboarders can take action and really help another skateboarder on that level. You know, when it comes to sh shit's right. real, skateboarders take action and it, and it holds true. And I, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome, and, and everyone kind of figures out how they can chip in. You know, you've got the event where people pay a donation to enter it. You've got the brands that contribute stuff, uh, product that when it's sold, you know, you donate a portion of the proceeds, the art that gets donated and auctioned. And then, so with all of that, I was like, well, I have all these people coming to my event. If I can, you know, raffle off some Roll for Rob gear and donate 100% of that, and, um, you know, why not? 
And then I'll, I came up with a discount code too. It's not actually a discount, but basically if you use a code, five dollars of your registration goes to roll for rob right so, right i just figured yeah you know if this is a, a good cause and we've got the, the manpower um like what's there's nothing stopping me um from f- figuring some way to to kind of chip in because it's you know it's a big community yeah and those pennies add up and make a real difference so it's rad that you take the initiative to to include that in your event you know some some people wouldn't you don't have to it's, Good, yeah, cho- good I, choice. I, I was a, it was a recent kind of eureka. I was like, wait, I I, I was super bummed because I couldn't go to the event. I was up in New York State with a bunch of, um, you know, I had plans with Colgate friends from months ago. So I was sad, you know, checking in my Instagram. I was like, damn, like I'm bummed I can't be there. And I was like, well, can't be there, but why? I mean, it sort of dawned on me that I have the tools to contribute something. You know, we'll see. I mean, I'd be stoked if we raised a few hundred dollars even um because that that still makes a difference in the in the bigger picture yeah it's streams of income if it trickles in it adds up and it just makes a difference because someone has to deal with that (laughs) you know what i mean it's insane absolutely yeah it was insane the contest was sick donnie showed up um feebo was there i guess gone showed up as well i i I left after that yeah i left after a little bit i stayed for like about half of it and i got into a couple of the skate jams and filmed it super heavy and then uh we went out and lurked around Boston, but um, yeah, we just missed the gone, so I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh man, yeah, I saw a few people posted up pictures with him. Yeah, I wanted to get <laughs> one. <laughs> so. Yeah, that would have been epic. But, uh, it's cool. I mean, that's goes to show the importance of the cause. You know, people like that showing up and the the, the level of skaters that that show up to to put on a show and to support the the cause. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Rob did Rob did a lot for the skateboard industry you know he's been repping like much like you he's been repping for years and years of his life and that's his energy and his push to grow skateboarding you know yeah. and he he's helped a lot of people out and a lot of brands and shops and it's like sick that that community recognizes that and is willing to go above and beyond you know absolutely yeah i agree 100 percent. how goes the repping life for you been good um definitely been busier in the last year or so when we spoke i was just kind of starting with protech and with um spy um so i'm deeper with them now you know i've got accounts that i've opened up and accounts that were new to me at the time that i have a, a closer relationship with now and um it's definitely you know i've got a full plate i kind of tell them you know hey for a few weeks here during pre-event you know, mode, I'm going to be a little, I won't be visiting as many shops and I can't make quite as many calls because I'm in like absolute crisis mode. But, um, but for the most part, you know, the other 11 and a half, you know, 11 months of the year, it's a full-time gig between, you know, snowboard repping, um, you know, sunglasses and skateboards, helmets, pads in the summer, snowboards, bindings, goggles in winter. Um, and, uh, so it's been good, you know, I'm still learning. Prescription eyewear still is a learning curve, um, but starting to get some traction there and, you know, figuring figuring things out. I feel like I've got a really good relationship with a lot of the shops and I try to, you know, be the rep that makes their job easier and makes their shop better and more profitable and cooler. And, you know, a lot of them do their own little events, so I can usually pull pull strings with, uh, say, ProTech to have them contribute, whether it's to, like, someone who's doing a skate camp for foster kids or a nonprofit in Boston teaching at risk youth to skate. So it's kind of cool having the access to a brand that we, you know, I, I can actually help in those situations or spread some stoke to someone who's 
trying to organize a little uh, skate jam in their own town. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> it's nice to be able yeah. to, to do that. Right, because there's you know there's the, the nuts and bolts selling side, which is fine, and I, I enjoy that. But um, it's nice when there's also like a little, um, I guess, like community element to it as well. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel like you have to come in cold call style if you've actually been a part yeah. of the community and sweated with yeah. people and did cool shit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really important. I feel like a lot of industries lose that, like, that touch with whatever they're selling, you know? Yeah, especially, like, if you never show up, you know, if you're always just the guy who's, you know, the other side of the country or just always on the other side of the phone, you can get things done, but you can't kind of accomplish the same, um, I guess, connection with the brand and just as, like, a sense of, hey, you know, we're both in this together. Um, so it's, I, I just genuinely, you know, I think a skate shop is my favorite place to be pretty much in the world in terms of retail. And even even not in terms of retail, it's just such a cool, like, a good skate shop is, like, somewhere you want to go. It's like a clubhouse. You hang out. There's cool product, people that are interesting that you can share stories with and share a, a strong interest with. Um, same thing with snowboard shops usually. So um, it's nice. It's basically like it would be a treat if I were an average dude to go into a skate shop. That'd be, you know, you're there to buy something probably, but also just to hang out. And I just get to hang out all the time. Yeah. 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 I love skate shops, dude. It doesn't feel like yeah. a, it doesn't feel like a mall store or nothing. It's like a fucking, yeah. you walk in, you're like, whoa, this is something people built together. Like, <laughs> yeah. and probably work their asses off and probably make no money doing. So it's like scraping it's by. Yeah. yeah. Making this, this job has made me really like do a, not even a 180 cause I was already kind of on board, but like it's given me such a front lines look at why brick and mortar retail is super important and like the threat that shops are in from online retail or just from people not understanding like the difference between yeah like everything in store might it, it costs the same as online most likely but if you're shopping online you know someone across the country working in a warehouse is getting some minimum wage and some ceo is getting um a little bigger market share but if you should spend the same dollars for the same product in a store, it's like that's money in the owner's pocket, in the employee's pocket, working in the store. It's helping him pay his rent. It's helping him pay his utilities. It's paying the rep who sold him the gear in the first place. Like there's such a bigger network that you're supporting. Yeah, um, and if and if a skate shop's doing it right, they're the heartbeat of the community because they're oh, usually yeah. throwing yeah. the demos. They're they're like telling kids about the skate world. They're introducing them right. to all the product. They're like shit. They mo like when I first fell in love with Solstice Skate Shop, that was the first real skate shop that like took me in. They were just like older f dudes that were like healthy and happy and doing rad shit, and they like embraced me and were cool to me, even though I was a little, I was for sure a little piece of shit at that time, <laughs> and. uh but but just the like all the um, bolts and all, all the selling aside, like just going into a skate shop, it ended up being like my second home. And those guys introduced me to the culture of skateboarding, into the community, into the everything. They brought teams in from like all over the place. It like opened up my eyes that like skateboarding's bigger than just in front of my feet. It's a lot of people are involved, and that's because the yeah. skate shop was doing it right, you know. Right, and yeah, like so, I grew up right down the street from Eastern Border. Nice. And um, that's a good example. You know, they've been just deep in the scene forever, snowboarding, skateboarding. Um, you know, they've loaned me ramps to use at my at my skate event. Um, they've, you know, provided 
like other services, other, you know, they, they're always a community gathering point for the riders, but, you know, they've helped me directly. They spread the word better than anyone about the event. They, they, they send riders to show up. They, you know, set up their own events through the years. They do last call. It's a huge event at Loon Mountain. Like they do so much that an online store could never do. Like, yeah. you know, Amazon's not organizing the the snowboard rail jam. They're not sending you free ramps to use at the Central Mass, you know, skate jam, just because they want to support the scene. You know, like yeah. those are irreplaceable. Yeah, so, I I owe my life to a skate shop, so I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah, so that's and that's the nice thing too, because like being a rep but also an event organizer, I try and combine the two. Um, so Central Mass, I I have. You know, skater-driven skate shops that are the, also the shop sponsors. You know, I don't reach out to the major mega online dealers or anything. I try to like sort of put my money where my mouth is with either either local or if they're not local, it's like a skater-driven shop that's skater-owned, skater-employed. You know, so um, I kind of I, I still you know get the support we need financially but also cater to the brands and the shops that I would like to see succeed. Yeah. Uh, and I try to, you know, deliver them whatever marketing value I can with the event. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your uh, your repping days are going well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good. It's still hard work, but uh, it's, it's, it's going well, and, um, yeah, I feel like I'm getting in the swing of it. Yeah, that's sick. Um, I wanted to ask you about your mini ramp complications this year. Yeah. Maybe give us a rundown. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so I've been renting the same Waterville Parks ramp for years. Wa- Waterville there. Valley, correct? Yeah, Waterville Valley. They have a summer camp, um, or they had a summer camp for years that Luke Matheson was running. And then he switched jobs. They also, like, they hired a new guy who they ended up laying off. They decided they weren't going to run the camp anymore. And caught up in that kind of crossfire was, you know, all of a sudden I was like, well, I don't know, like, can I still rent the ramp? They were like, well, we don't know. We don't have a team to set it up because we don't, we laid off the guy who would have done that, the guy who did it last year. Fuck you, right? And I was like, all right, well, can I still rent it and send my own crew and send a truck? And and they were like, I don't know, we'll get back to you. And then I was like, they never got back to me. I was like, can I just buy it? Can I, like, buy this? clearly demand for this at my event and at others like why don't you just sell it to me and they were like oh yeah that sounds cool and like i gave them a good number and then they they ended up they must have maybe had other offers to buy it because they came back around and said you know we're not going to sell it because we might use it in the future and i was like all right well so you're not selling it you're not allowing me to use it in the future but you're also claiming you're going to use it in in the future like i I don't get it so i just that clearly wasn't going to work out I also had been overspending on it for years. You know, it was the kind of thing that I would have preferred to spend way less. But this, it was like the ramp rental was part of it, but also the service of them showing up, assembling everything in like an hour and a half. Perfect ramp that I knew would be good. And then they'd break it down right when I needed it, drove it home. Like it was just, it was easy. Um, so I could kind of justify the expense, even if it meant I lost money on the mini ramp jam. But with this falling through, I kind of had to scramble for other options. Um, Narbear is a ramp builder. He does, um, it's this guy Steve-O, and I think a few friends help him out, but he's been doing like snowboard ramps, boxes, rails, um, and also skate, you know, same deal for skateboarding. Um, so we started talking, um, 
he originally was talking about just contributing some some ramps to let us use at the street course as like a you know hey can I exhibit if I give you some ramps just the loan, loaners for the event and I, I said sure and then I was like by the way I, I like do you have a mini ramp if not can you build one nice. because <laughs> I just had this kind of crisis and this is like barely a month before the event. So we, we kind of go back and forth figuring out what specs we want. He's also got interest from Friendly Gathering, which is Danny Davis and a few others, kind of like Burton-backed event up in, um, in uh, where was that, Sugarbush, I think, in Vermont. So basically, Danny and myself had similar specs, what we wanted the ramp to kind of accomplish. He set it up a few weeks ago. It's, it's like a three-foot section and a four-foot section. Um, it was completely new. He just built it. He had to level it on like muddy, uneven ground. So it was ended up being a huge undertaking and extre- extremely expensive to transport. So that almost kind of threw a, uh, uh, another late axe, you know, monkey wrench into my plans because I thought it was all set. Like we got a ramp, cool, figure out the exact price. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, it's way harder and more expensive. And I lost money at that event. And so we kind of, it's at that point, it's like, well, we're kind of stuck in this together. So uh, we figured it out financially. Um, and it sounds like the, the, fee- the people who skated it up at Friendly Gathering said it was sick. And it's we've got a three-foot section that goes up to a four-foot section. Both of them are pretty wide, so you can have people skating kind of both sides. Nice. And transfer between them. Nice. Um, people who are, just want to dick around or warm up or are, are not as experienced can, um, can ride the three-foot. And then... You know, guys who want to go a little bigger when it gets contest time, um, people who are advancing through that contest um, can hit the forefoot and, and, you know, get a little more height, go bigger. Forefoot. Only like sorry, four, sorry, forefoot is like the funnest size mini ramp to me. Like, because yeah. you can still get some air, you can still, you can learn, do all the technical tricks. And you said it's pretty wide? Yeah, it's wide, so That's it's a good. little wider than last year's. It's only six inches shorter in the forefoot. I think last year's was four and a half throughout. Yeah. Um, so it, I just think it gives us a little more versatility, and um, it's, you know, a skate light surface. It looks like it's got good coping, kind of uh, friendly transition. So I, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to film it. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. We actually just picked up a few of his rails and one wedge kicker from uh snowboard jones because they they used a few of his um features for a, a jam they they hosted so already got a few of his things living in the yard and then um i can't wait to i'm gonna help you know contribute a couple guys basically all day on thursday setting that thing up so we'll have the mini ramp yeah by our powers combined that mini ramp will be set up by the end of the day thursday ready to rip first thing friday morning Nice, perfect. And um, and uh, the downhill. So how many people do you have shredding in downhill, and how fast are you guys going? So we have, I think in total we'll have like maybe like 150 people race. Not really. Not at the same time, but like we, we have different classes. There's open, which is basically like the men's division women are allowed to compete juniors are allowed to compete but that's generally over 18 year old dudes or over 16 um there's a women's division and then there's junior which is 16 and under um but the way it works is you've got heats of six so if six people line up on the starting line they all push off at the same time 
the first three to cross the finish line advance to the next round in like a bracket elimination format. How long's the ride? It's like a mile long race course and they top out about 40 miles per hour, 40, 41. Um, so there's a lot of drafting because it's not super technical. It's not like hairpin turns. So everyone's kind of like in a little aerodynamic speed tuck trying to draft off other people. Lots of, lots of passing back and forth. Um, and then the finish line's in this big spectator zone. So it's, it's fun. You can kind of see everyone come through all at once. Oh, and uh yeah so like a mile long and then you you there's an uphill run out so people just kind of you roll up the hill you stop at the results table to report you know who came in first second third and um they put it in the bracket they get back on the bus at the top and once the buses are full they they come back up to the starting line um if you lose your first round heat you still get a second chance that was a new addition last year that was really popular so it's not like single elimination like you get to still give it another shot the people who end up in that heat bracket. One, one, one second, Mike. Sorry, my yeah. dogs are savages. Apparently, let me That's check on. Worries. Let me check on. God, Ellen, Emma, go lay down. Hey, go lay down. Go lay down. They just hear the neighbor's dog, Mike. Yeah, and they go. They just start yapping. Yeah, they get crazy, and then like I have to. Emma's a beast. She's like, we rescued her, and she just. She just, like, doesn't... When she sees other animals, she wants to kill them. It's insane. Oh, man. Yeah, my girl. How's she been doing? I saw her, like, right when you got her. She's doing good. She's a lot better. We had to get her some training because Emma Emma does what Emma wants, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's doing a lot better. But we've had a few incidents where she's mauled a dog. But the dog didn't get hurt, but, like... Like, one time, there was a lady walking by the front of my house, and she's walking her dog. It's... Nice day out. I'm in the back with Emma. We didn't have a fence yet, but we got one because of Emma. But we didn't yeah. have we didn't have the fence at the time. Emma's all the way in the backyard. She sees the dog from like somehow around the house. She ran out to the road and just fucking mauled this lady's dog. Oh my god. The lady was pulling her dog up by the chain by the leash and Emma's jumping up still trying to nip it. And, like, I had to go out there and freak out on Emma. Jesus. Her dog was fine, and then the lady was just a little shooken up. And that's when we're like, all right, we need a fence because Emma's a liability. Yeah. She's a fucking yeah. liability. And then, um, but we got her some classes. We got a fence up. She's been doing a lot better. But she's still, like, she's just a gangster, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> there was another time, too. I was walking Emma around the block. And um, this little dog, it was so cute, came pouncing up to us. It didn't even walk, it pounced. And it was a, it looked like a teacup, like, poof, poof of hair. That was was adorable. It looked like a Muppet baby, basically. And uh, it comes up to us all cute, and I'm walking Emma, and I'm like, whoa, Emma's being pretty good. Like, usually she's pulling and trying to kill this thing. The little dog comes up to Emma, like, sniffing noses. I'm like, wow, they're going to get along. Emma fucking just put her mouth over the whole dog. Picked it up, dude, shook it, and fucking, like, spit it out. And I was like, oh, my God, it happened so fast. That dog got up. It wasn't hurt, but it was just, like, bewildered. It, like, got up, like, walked in a circle, and then, like, pounced off. I was like, holy. What the fuck? I thought we were friends. (laughs) This was going to be so fun. Dude, Emma's, we're working on it. She's got a lot better since then. But she loves people. No problems with people, anything like that. Just other animals. She just... I don't know, she's a rescue, and I don't know what happened to her, but she's got some issues, and yeah. uh, we're working them out, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, we. Uh, she was super cute when I was there. 
for uh, New England Am at your place. And oh yeah, that's what my lady surprised me with there. <laughs> right when she surprised you with it, and I was like, so I was there on the right right when it happened, and you're like, a dog. <laughs> Dude, that was so gnarly. I was like, oh, I was still man. grieving. So I, I got to witness that, but she was super cool and you know hung out. Um, Seem to get along pretty well with Elwood. You know, they had their scraps, but... No, nah, they're uh, besties now. They're, like, fucking yeah. sleeping on top of each other. And, like... Awesome. Yeah, Elwood's picked up all her bad habits. And, of course, I'm, oh, in, no. I'm 100% in love with Emma now. You know what I mean? Like... Right. But, yeah. yeah shit was fucking... We have to work... It's, like... The thing about Emma is that I think she has Pitbull in her. And, uh... Okay. We're not sure. She's, like, a mutt. But, like, looks like a Boston Terrier mixed with, like, a... A little bit of pit bull, and she has a killer instinct too. And that, like, I don't know how to like stop that. That's why we were like, we right. got to get training, because like, literally, when she starts going after an animal, you can yell at her, pull her, or whatever. She don't, oh, yeah, she's she's just, yeah she's lo- just seeing red. locked on. It's insane. That yeah. that's very real. They're like Mike. T- yeah. She's like Mike Tyson in that sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> she's fight off some if she has to. Yeah, but we're working through it. It doesn't take much. Like it's just like. Once you know a few little tips from the training, it's like, all right, now I kind of got her walking better and, like, yeah. chilling, so. Um, yeah, oh. we're, I think we're going to do some of the same for our pup. He's He's been good. It's my roommate's dog, but I, I when I work from home, I'm I'm the one taking care of him. And, what kind uh, of dog? He, uh, it's a charcoal lab. Nice. Um, so he looks badass. You know, he's, like, still, he's definitely in his um, growth spurt phase, so he's kind of, like, dangly. He's got his long legs. He's super cute, like, definitely a handsome dog and for the most part well behaved you know he's very well house trained um generally cool it's just that like he doesn't like if you leave him alone because he's usually not alone so if i go somewhere and i gotta like run inside pick up some food this mellow ass dog that can sleep for five hours on the couch the second you tie his leash to something and walk away from him he's like he loses his mind (laughs) and just like starts barking and like trying to strangle himself on his on his leash just pulling so hard they're so it's dumb like, they're so dumb it's like, it's like dude you're i'm right here you can see me through the glass like you, you there are times in the house where you won't see me i'm in my room you're on the couch like i won't see you for an hour and you're chill but the second like we're outside and i go through a door it's like you just absolutely something breaks in your brain so yeah. i don't know how to fix that um, we can't really like leave him at the apartment barking cause all the other tenants would get pissed off and the landlord probably would too. So I think, uh, I think training is in the, uh, in the lineup for him. Yeah. And it's crazy how dumb dogs are. They're so, they're so dumb. dumb. It's insane. I love them to death and they're fucking they're, adorable. But they're the dumbest little animals. Yeah. And like when I, when I look at my dog, sometimes I'm like, I, I start to think, I'm like, dude, these dogs have so much personality, like, they're super yeah. intelligent, but then they do something like lick their own asshole, or right. do somewhere yeah. they, like, Emma attacks another dog, I'm like, you're so dumb, you're as dumb yeah, as you like can be. The ball goes under something and they can't figure out that <laughs> it's like, a concept of like, above and beneath, and I'm like, dude, you are, you're not that smart. Yeah, you're, you're fucking idiots, dog. Yeah, really, really easily confused. <laughs> Maybe they've just got strong points, and then there's, like, fucking some areas, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good instinctually. I think they can pick up on human emotions, and they're good, like, support animals. But yeah. um, don't give them any algebra equations. <laughs> they, they don't know shit about a 90-degree angle. No, they don't. <laughs> they just know a straight line from them to food. Yeah. Oh, that was a big part of the training was... Uh, 
they to- they told us that we were we're doing it wrong because we just kept their food down all the time. They could get oh, food yeah. whenever, so they just treated us like shit because they knew the food yeah. was going to be there. Like, I don't need you guys. <laughs> yeah. So I started taking the food away. They're like, they're like, get them on a schedule so you feed them like twice a day and you watch them, you know, put the food down, watch them eat, and uh, it start they start listening more, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah, then they need you. Yeah, they kind of like appreciate you a little more, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're, you're their food bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> They're fucking Sorry. adorable. You'll do anything. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, how long is the ride on that? On the, you said it's a mile, but how long does that take? Um, the average speed is probably like 25, so I'd say it takes like two minutes about. Nice. Um, so yeah, you push in off the starting line. Usually it's kind of hectic because everyone's vying for like the whole shot kind of thing. But also there's strategy because if you draft, then you can slingshot past everyone. So the start's always kind of funny. You got the people pushing, like they're jockeying. Other people trying to push in second or third so they can draft the guy in first. And then um, yeah, a couple minutes. And then it's it's just really nice because most a lot of the hardcore races like the the bus or or. U-Haul trucks have to go straight up the race course, so you have to close everything down, drive it straight up, drop them off. It just slows everything down. This way, the buses can go in a circular route, so we never have to close the course completely unless uh, we want to. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a crash or some other reason. Um, so, it's, you know, basically, whenever any bus is full, it, it automatically, like, dr- leaves and drives to the top on a different route, so we never have the risk of an in- a head-on collision, and we don't have to slow the thing down just to, to shuttle people. So, uh, and that also means that when people get knocked out of the race, they get to keep skating. So like a lot of people, maybe not a lot, but, um, people ask me like, Hey, do we have to compete? And it's like, no, you you have to register, but you can just not show up to your heat or you can purposely, you know, not, if you want to only go 25 miles an hour and chill, this is your first race. You can do that. And, um, once you get knocked out, just get back on the bus. You'll still get to skate all day. You just have, you know, you skate just as many runs as if you were still in the race all day. So yeah. it gives people a ton of skateboarding experience and um, people who are really good who can skate way more challenging hills still have fun because there's you skate with a big squad, like you have these draft battles, there's good prize money available, um, and it's just like strategic and just it's kind of just like a someone almost described I think they described it as like it's like the gathering of the juggalos of the (laughs) they were kind of joking but it's funny it's like everyone if there's this niche interest and at least with downhill you know a pretty niche thing but everyone comes from everywhere in the country and even other countries to come so it's like people go because other people go yeah people even though they could go to better races on more challenging faster tracks but like you go because your friends will be there Everyone who bonds with you over this specific thing, um, you know, you're going to have fun because you're skating. And especially once you're out, like, you get to drop in in a pack of 20 or however many you want. And that's a pretty fun experience going that fast with that many people. Yeah, dude. I've never done it. I fucking... It seems like it's about the show, you know? If it's a good show, you'll go back to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a good show. It's a ton of skating. I feel like... I don't think I've had a single person over eight years complain about the cost like no one's been i mean up front people are like oh like are there discounts if you're not racing i'm like look i I priced this super cheap and like i've never after the event had someone be like i don't i don't feel like that was worth it they're like dude best weekend i mean what i strive for and what i hear mostly is like super fun i can't wait for next year so that's what i 
what I strive for and um, just make it accessible to everyone. Yeah, it's good that it's good that you made it affordable. You know, that would be shitty if people couldn't actually afford to go. Well, that yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd be some pissed races, off. Like on those really awesome courses where it, it makes sense to pay more because you need so many hay bales, you need so much um, safety equipment and and personnel that, and you don't have as many numbers. So some some races like the really like the World Cup type stuff is over two hundred dollars to to race. Not really. Uh, and you have to have a full head-to-toe leather suit and full-face helmet. Like, so you're looking at thousands of dollars before you can even start racing. Yeah. See, um, that's why. That's once is, again. That's why I like street skating because it's more attainable. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's super attainable. So this is like it's a fraction of that cost. It's still you know 80 bucks to race, but um, considering that you you know we've got a police detail, detail all day. We've got these buses that run all day. We've got you know up to 30 staff we've got the radios we have insurance policy ambulance squad like it's spent uh, <laughs> it's all spent <laughs> I, yeah it's spent man that money is is spent so uh, and then we give we give what, whatever we can away at the end uh, so um and I I've, I made my own you know I make my own hay bales I, I have to cut costs where I can just cause end of the day it's still not certain right now whether I'll even you know I might lose money this year I, I need some late registrations to keep the ship afloat so um, that's kind of how it always is but um, do you take it do you take it yearly like on like because I mean imagine you do because you, you you do a lot of work on this contest and you put it get you, you've done it for years too and yeah, it's probably yeah, I mean, yearly. You probably have to go look. Are we gonna do? Is this gonna happen? Do I? Well, you'll yeah, probably have to make the I, big push, right? Right. No, yeah. Every year it takes a big push because if I lose money, I mean, even if I made, say I made a thousand dollars, it's like, all right, cool. Well, I pro- I've worked on this for the entire year, yeah. And for at least a month of that, it's a full time job. For the months before that, it's a part time job. Like if I added up all the time and and divided a thousand dollars by that many hours it's like this i'm clearly not doing this for viable employment you could have worked at mcdonald's i could have not yet it works it would be like working at a restaurant getting paid a two to two bucks an hour but not getting any tips yeah yeah exactly (laughs) really that's not that's not really the motivation um and if it loses money then it's like then i really just i paid to uh i paid to host this event so it does take an, an evaluation and you know really sizing up like is this worth it is it working and thus far i've never had even really the thought of like not doing it the next year but all it takes is one bad year for that for that decision to to happen i think so it's good though i mean you know we've got like protect stepped up in a big way they're they're presenting the mini ramp jam um skull candy came on board as the new sponsor they're, they're presenting the mini ramp or the street course nice. um spy kind of got more invested this year um, we've got some other, you know, hard goods brands. Um, we got Vans, um, Arcade, um, Mob, and Bronson are all are are all kicking in gear. Nice. So um, even the, the brands that can't afford to pay hard cash are still some of them are still, you know, giving us pretty awesome prize product that that will go a long way. Well, I'd l- I'd uh, love to kick in, dude, if I can bring some with me. Yeah, please do. I'd, nice. I'd be more than happy. Nice. I'll bring so, some decks. Uh, yeah, so so it's good, you know. All the pieces are kind of coming together. I'm saving money where I can. I'm not not cutting necessary things. I'm just you know negotiating whatever contracts I can. Like for you know, I spend a little time negotiating getting 
competing bids for porta potties, like every, everything you can imagine. Yeah. You know, spending my Fourth of July packing hay bales onto a trailer with a few friends. You know, after three days on the tractor, getting the fields ready, like you know, uh, there's a lot that goes into it, um, and a lot of of economizing necessary to make it all work. But um, but at the end of the day, I, I think it works. Yeah. Do, does the town um, see like the event and all the skateboarding, and have they considered a skate park, or is it just? So I, they, it's weird. They they approved I think like ten thousand dollars years ago for a skate park, but they didn't have the land to put it on. So it this this kind of pre earmarked funding has been sitting dormant and kind of got axed or forgotten about because. Um, there's just nowhere to put a park, or at least nowhere that in their very initial kind of assessment, they, were, they didn't find anywhere obvious that would work for a skate park. But they also didn't look very hard. It's not like they did due diligence. They just were like, eh, what about here? No? What about here? No? All right, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I'm bored already. <laughs> yeah, like, this is hard, so let's just not do it. So, um, so I, that being said, I think they are, it's impossible to live in this town and not encounter the event and and to not like be very aware that it's happening i mean it really kind of takes over the town i think in a positive way the feedback's been great so i would like to think that i could leverage all of this accumulated effort and and kind of use it in and help convincing the town that like hey you know this is a pretty cool thing and why don't you know this is this should kind of validate the idea of having a, a skate park so that rather than flooding your town with a hundred, few hundred people on one weekend, you know, you could have a dedicated place where you, you know it's safe and and controlled. And um, I could even donate some of my ramps that they probably need to get, you know, made built for all weather, like topped with different, you know, skate light or or whatever, anything stainless. But um, I could even contribute what I could, and ten thousand dollars could probably get a decent concrete slab and, and a, a, you know. A flat piece of land, at least, and to build upon. So, yeah, it seems I like it, it would be sick to work together, you know, because yeah, you've done for this sure. for eight over eight years. You said, yeah, this is the eighth annual event. Yeah, and it seems to be growing, and it seems like it's an awesome thing that brings energy and business and young people to your town. And it's like sure. it'd be smart to work together to maybe make a so the skate park part of it. You don't have to worry about hustling every year to get it together. Like it almost be right. in, already there. It would be epic. Right. Yeah, that would be sweet. I'm so, sure they've got a bunch of basketball courts and football courts, uh, football fields and stuff, or yeah, for sure other got stuff. Yeah, basketball courts. You know, our town's kind of like, it's a small enough town that they focus their efforts on soccer. You know, they've got tennis courts. There's a few things that they kind of invest in. But they know, they've got to know, like, despite focusing on their, their athletics program, they, I think they know that not everyone plays soccer, not everyone plays football. Like, some kids... Do do something different or want to do something different. Yeah, um, and this is kind of an outlet an outlet for that. So, um, and some kids who just play soccer also like to skate. You know, it's not like they're mutually exclusive. So, yeah. Um, and there are other towns going up. You know, Acton is a couple towns over. They just got a sick new park. Nice. I forget the name of the builder, but like surrounding towns are are starting to put in parks. Um, so I think that also kind of, you can be like, look, Hudson's doing it, Acton's doing it, Littleton's doing it. Like, all your neighbors are, are building parks. And they don't they don't have a yearly festival either. They're they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. You, they use, yeah. This, this exactly. city already has it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Marshfield's just got an awesome park. Like, Levitate does a good job kind of 
collaborating with that. They got their music festival, but they also contribute to the park. They have the mini ramp at their festival, so in the know, they're another good model for the kind of the collaboration. In the park's in their fucking driveway, basically. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they're pretty stoked on that location because yeah. they're they've got a cool spot, but they've got a they're a skate shop with a skate park in their driveway, and it's a good park. Fucking epic park. We were just there. I went to the the levitate music festival that was yep. pretty so many people i was like this is insane walking through like film yeah. film the whole thing they have that whole stage and big acts coming in and two, two stages big acts like that's another event they got they started around the same time as my event but the difference is you know the focus is music which everyone listens to yeah i've sort of you know knowingly and willingly focused on a more niche thing that i know is going to be limited by the number of people who actually participate and are willing to throw their bodies on the pavement and get hurt voluntarily, which is kind of a smaller number of people that than the number who are willing to go and pay to see some some music. But, yeah. um, but they've done a really admirable job growing that and, and getting vendors tied in, incorporating arts, you know, having a good sort of um, benefit. You know, I think they usually donate some proceeds from their event, um, and they're just they've turned it into a successful, profitable business. So. Um, that's rad. That's one of the shops I've worked to worked with for years. You know, selling a few different brands, and uh, it's they, that goes to show. You know, take something small, grow it big, it can succeed. It was a little thing, like six years ago. Now it's yeah, two days they sold out like nine thousand tickets or something. Two stages, crazy dispatch, like Ziggy Marley. You know, big names just in Marshfield, Mass. It's crazy, and and to go back to what you were saying is you could always add music. You could add, uh, yeah. I like that you started with a niche niche idea because you that's what was sparking you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can always grow, and everyone right. likes a show, so you got a good show. It sounds like, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's always that. I don't know. That's like more of a long term career consideration. Like, hey, I'm good at organizing events. Does it make sense? You know, I look at these food and beer festivals where. Every human on earth likes to eat, and most of them like to drink. So yeah, you do one of those festivals, you don't have a required skill set besides a mouth and a stomach. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and people pay through the ass for those, and the sponsors pay, and the people, you know, the organizer charges admission, they get a slice of the, the proceeds, every sponsor pays them. It's like, those are probably more lucrative, but I don't know, I'm more passionate about focusing on what I what I care about. Yeah. One hundred percent. Maybe when I when I become poor doing it, I'll maybe I'll you know, grow, 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 the, grow the scope of it. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, I gotta change this up. <laughs> all right, let's get some food trucks in here. <laughs> Just make sure they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any more bands want to play? Oh, that's another fun. Not to get too distracted, but um, I for you know everything is pretty automatic. This this deep, you know, like. I hit up the police. I just say, hey, same thing as last year. They're like, cool, you're good. You know, board of selectmen's like, what are your dates? I say it. I don't even have to go to their meeting. They're like, cool, approved. Everything's like the radios. I'm like, same thing. Here are the dates. The artwork, same thing. You have medals. Like everything, for the most part, has gotten easier, even though it's still plenty of work. It's like more of a defined process. But every year, the audio has been like a, a nightmare. Like <laughs> overpay some dude. Who's supposed to? He's like, yeah, you know, I set up concerts at uh, at Burning Man, and we have our own stage. I'm like, cool, that sounds dope. Like, 
I'll pay you more than I probably should because you'll probably do something cooler than I would be able to. And then shows up in his BMW, drops off a couple amps. He's like, you got this, right? Cool, all right, later. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> you know? And then... And then, you know, one year borrow it from someone for free, but they're kind of like, they end up getting angry at the DJs because they think they're too demanding. And like, Fuck. you know, last year renting a sound system or my buddy who's a DJ, like plays mostly dubstep, brought in like, I don't know how many tens of thousands of watt sound system that could have played like a 2000 person venue. And we're in this pool hall with a bunch of like 18 to 20 something year old skaters who are like getting their faces blasted off with dubstep. I'm like... <laughs> Dude, this is, it's just been always been crazy. So I finally was like, all right, I'm going to buy my own speakers. I'm going to, like, I want to be self-sufficient. I can still hire a DJ and a band, and they'll plug into my speakers, and, like, that that question mark will be gone. So I finally bought it. You know, it's dropped, like, a grand, got some good speakers with stands, bought it on Craigslist, you know, met some dude out in Saugus. Nice. So I could hear him plug it in and play Toto by Africa for me as the sound test it's like dude what what am I doing alright here we go crushing it (laughs) yeah load it into the car drive back home uh, got all the cables for it and uh, we've got a band playing from Western Mass that's kind of like a punk indie band Um, DJ from Toronto playing Saturday Sunday a DJ from the snowboard industry playing all day Friday so I feel like the music side of it's kind of getting more fleshed out and a little more dialed. That's awesome. Are you nervous every time? Like, as you're starting to think about playing it, you just get nervous? Because I I feel like I do sometimes. (laughs) I don't know. The nervousness definitely used to be a thing. Um, I feel less nervous. I just feel like the pressure and stress, it's not overwhelming, but it's like every day, like, you know, I wake up easily at six when that normally would be hard stay up easily till midnight work the entire time throughout for however long before the event just because it's like I have there are a certain number of things that have to get done I'm gonna have to work a stupid amount of time to get it all lined up but it wakes me up it motivates me I work throughout the day I know I have to kind of crush it from now until the fourth all day each day or else it's not going to be as good as it could be so yeah uh, so it almost feels like the inevitability of it. People are going to show up. They're going to expect things. I'm going to be prepared for them. So there's nothing to be nervous about. There's just I'm going to need some some coffee and some, uh, you know, like just someone to help keep me on track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like the maestro. You're the maestro. That's what you would be. You have to go around because you have a lot of different things going on at once. Oh, my God. So And right now it's like I should probably hire a social media coordinator next year because I'm <laughs> – between calls to you know I'm meeting with the police at 5 p.m. to coordinate the final details but I'm also you know in publisher laying up sponsor announcements for every sponsor just put, pasting logos onto action shots and coming up with a sponsor copy for what 20 different brands so there's a lot of like time consuming tedium um, sponsor outreach is another thing that's just you know it's I'm limited by the number of people I can call in the places that I have connections, but um, I definitely have ideas already for next year. What what things like in that vein that I can delegate to other people, so I don't have to, you know, we have work from six a.m. to midnight. <laughs> yeah, it'll free you up to focus on other things. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then once all the staff shows up, you know, we got like thirty-two people who are on staff. Um, most of them, over half, have have volunteered for consecutive years in the past. So. 
that's a, a thing that's made my life easier is once they're in town, like they know what to do. I've got delegated roles for everybody. They know I can, they can assume responsibility. So it's not like, like a few, even two years ago, I was like, every decision had to get micromanaged through me. I finally last year, like empowered a few people who prove had proven themselves to like, yo, you just do this. I trust you. You've got it. Anything crisis comes up, call me, radio me, whatever. But like, I trust you. And that's been, that was dramatically like life improving. Hell yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, improves everyone's experience when they can get an immediate answer from a staff person rather than, hey, let me call Mike. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, give me a minute. Yeah. So. I, li- I like that you've done this, man. Like with the New England AM and just growing my event and, well, our event, everyone involved. And, uh, it's just, it's it's a good process to go through because it's like you're building something, you know, and it's yeah. when you're building, whether it's a brand or an event or whatever, it takes time because you have to, f- For sure. especially if you're on the younger side too because you're learning as you go, you know, like even if you went to school, you're still coming out and you're still got to learn how business, you know, how this is going to work. So you got to, absolutely. so it's like things take time to grow and you have to like, go through the motions and find the right pieces and that's like i feel like if you can find enough people that are passionate and have skills and are focused and you guys could work together and both have that inner fire and drive like you guys could you know you could grow anything together you know for sure yeah and it's like it's definitely i've I've learned such a valuable skill set by doing it because it's like if you do if you organize an event and you do it on a bigger scale in a like kind of proper way um you learn how to manage people. You learn how to, you know, assemble a team, delegate responsibilities, come up with a schedule, um, you know, solicit sponsorships, negotiate contracts, you know, figure out how to, to get insurance coverage, um, you know, market yourselves on social media, um, coordinate between bureaucracy and, like, brand interests, um, people, citizens, you know whether it's shareholders or town residents, it's kind of the same thing. You've got these constituents that need to be, be kept happy. So, and, and more, and, and true is like, if you can get through all that, you have to, you have to like, you have to stay with something to get through all that. You know what I mean? Right. So you have perseverance. You have to stick with Absolutely. something. You're on eight years. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're doing four years. So you don't yeah. quit easier. You know, it just, it shows that you have work ethic and dedication and you like, a little bit of pressure and problems you can try at yeah, it no, I, 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 feel, I feel like I, I kind of thrive in those situations but it's, I don't think it's like a it's the kind of thing if someone else started an event and grew it and, and took the same kind of approach they learned those it's not like I was you know born with those skills I think a lot of it was just trial by fire you know it's like I just found an online wavering thing so we don't have to have uh, 250 sheets of paper stacked up with people waiting in line trying to find a pen to share yeah. You know, it's like, I just figured that out two days ago. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I just figured out I should have my own speakers. So it's um, the kind of thing every year there have been, like, massive take-home um, lessons. And I definitely urge other people to organize events because I, I know it's valuable for the community. I mean, you know through New England and, like, what that accomplishes and who it brings together and what gap it fills. Um, what no, a normal skate park on an average given day can't ever do, you can you can do it at the edge with what you offer, you know. So um, yeah, I re- I totally believe in the power of events and and the power of organizing events in terms of what it can kind of teach you. Yeah, 
I agree, man. The, the community of it, just seeing everybody once a year, because it's like these, oh, yeah. all of it's us, like family reunion. Yeah, all of us motherfuckers yeah. have dedicated a portion of our life and effort into skateboarding. You know, like we've all, we're all have taken it from. You know, a lot of us are over ten years deep, twenty years deep. Like skateboarding has sunk into culture, and like to come together once a year to see everyone that like loves it and lives it, and I don't know, it's unbelievable. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I, because the edge is such a key piece for everything. I see all these people coming in and out of New England. They all come to the skate park because the winter, you know? And just see, it's just insane to see how many different types of people love skateboarding and how I've just known them for years. Like, at the Roll for Rob thing, I went there and I was like, holy shit, I know so many people. I've known so many people for years. Like, I only see them, sometimes I only see them five times a year. Sometimes I see them every day. But, the thing, like, if you don't have events to go to, first of all, like they provide a really valuable thing to look forward to, especially for like groms, younger skaters who who want to learn. Like that's their okay. This is my deadline to learn these cool things. But for people who are older, who just are industry, you know, veterans or 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 have friends that live elsewhere who they don't get to see, it's like that's the one time a year or however many events there are that year. Like those are the times that you get to see those people and connect with the homies and you know see people you value that you otherwise would see in a video part and that's it yeah like it's like to come together to celebrate it gives you a reason to meet up you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah at the end of the day like central mass ends up just being like a three-day party where <laughs> people are just like especially the younger kids like dude 18 year old flies across the country to be with a bunch of dirtbag skateboarders like they're in their paradise and they're like this is i don't get to do this i'm not with my parents i'm with hundreds of idiots like me like let's do this so, uh, I, I, it's, it's a good time Mike um, uh, before we go can you let people know where they can uh, what the website is how they can check out yes. all the information about the event absolutely yep so the official website which I think is a pretty good spot to find pretty much everything is skatecentralma.com um, so skate central and then letter M letter a just like Massachusetts.com um, there's a promo video on the on the home page that is like three something minutes that's really good it gives you like a, a kind of quick rundown some action shots a lot of me talking but is it uh, is it a YouTube video it's a YouTube video yep what's, um, what's so the account youtube.com forward slash I believe it's um, let me let me find it real quick take your time take your time I want the easiest way um, it's just right on that home page because it's embedded first thing. There's a, a link at the top that says registration is open and then click to volunteer, but then you've got the embedded video. So let me, let me open her up. Nice. You can click on that video. It'll take you to the YouTube page, right? Yep. Nice. And the, the channel is Tom Leary. Um, what's his username? It just says Tom Leary. Nice. T-O-M-L-E-A-R-Y. I don't know if he's got like a... Uh, actual username that's different than that but you should be able to search Tom Leary Central Mass and, and you'll find what you need Central Mass 8 um, so yeah skatecentralma.com um, on that homepage in the top left corner there's like three horizontal bars that's a drop down menu and you've got everything you know media sponsors registration schedule lodging travel you frequently ask questions editing contest all that stuff as well as a meet, uh, contact me page so that's super comprehensive. Um, we will do an editing contest again where I hire a media team 
they all shoot content, they pre-trim it, they throw away the bad footage, they, they keep the good stuff. We put that all up on a cloud, you know, box profile where anyone is invited, even if they weren't at the event, they can download the footage and make their own edit and we give away cash prizes and a bunch of gear. Well, so that's yeah. a, a really cool community thing that's gone really well the last two years. Um, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash skate central MA. Um, and then the Instagram is Central Mass Skate Festival. Fuck yeah. Mike, you are the man. I appreciate you coming back on the show. And uh, uh, I look forward to your event. And I look forward to you helping me out with my event. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. You're the man, too. I mean, I really can't. Um, we, we could really use more people who who've are their hearts in the right place. They want to grow skateboarding. They, they actually put the work in and don't expect others to do it. Um I think that's the only thing that I've seen in the industry is a lot of times people people show up for something cool, but they don't want to be the one that makes the cool thing happen. And I see you, you know, doing that with with your brand, with the YouTube channel, with the event, um, with New England Am, and um, it, it goes a long way. So definitely appreciate it, and I'm stoked that you're going to come out to Central Mass, and we'll get you announcing and filming and you know skating. Um, I'm definitely I think that'll bring in a nice you know level to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm fired up. Fuck yeah, Mike. Thank you again, bud. Yeah, you as well. Talk soon. See you in a week. One last thing before we go. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, if you'd like free stickers, I'll make a deal with you. Head to the iTunes store, type in The Shetler Show, and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast. If you do that, just screenshot your comment. And then direct message me on Instagram at Anthony Shetler uh, and send me that screenshot and uh, your address. And I'll mail you out a shit ton of stickers. I'll jam pack an envelope full of stickers. Not just all I need ones too. I'll, I'll do all I need world and I have um, tons of stickers just from random people and brands throughout the years. So I'll hook it up and uh, it would help grow the show if you you know if you left a review and, and rated and subscribed. And also, please check out allineedskate.com for all the epic skateboarding stuff we have going on. Thank you guys for everything. Uh, got some more guests lined up coming soon. So, uh, till next time.